Good morning, and thank you, ladies. It's fantastic. Eight hands on the piano, eight ways to screw up, and they didn't. It's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. Well, my name is Herb Blomquist. I'm the director of uh, Shamanah Ministries. We'll explain that in a minute. But why don't you turn to Mark, Mark chapter 15, find verse 33, Mark chapter 15. While you're finding that, I will give you the update. Shamanah Ministries is the umbrella organization that Camp Shamanah, Rock Ridge, and Shamanah International uh, fall under. Uh, Camp Shamanah, most of you know, it looked like, lots of hands raised. Uh, that's the... Uh, the, uh, the, 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 the big piece of property, the mile of lakefront on the north side of Lake Shamanah up there near Motley, Minnesota. Sort of an unfortunate name for a town, but it's, but it's ours. And, uh, the property that's been there, the ministry that's been there since 1958. Prior to that, it was Buffalo Lake Bible Camp, uh, on the shores of Buffalo Lake, started in 1914 as the Minnesota Young People Society. Now there's a name that'll engender lots of enthusiasm. And then became Buffalo Lake Bible Camp. Uh, Shamanah Ministries, or uh, Camp Shamanah, the place where uh, Shamanah Adventures happens. That's the, uh, the, 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 the program for those people that like to go up to the edge of cliffs and jump off being held on by little ropes for no good reason. Those kids that like that, that on the edge uh, um, adventure. Uh, also the place where Shamanah Ranch happens, the largest uh, horse program, camp horse program in the Midwest. Uh, we do uh, family trips and youth trips and horse classes uh, all throughout the year, uh, right there all at Camp Shamanah. Um, Shamanah uh, Ministries, the umbrella, Camp Shamanah, and then Shamanah uh, uh, Rock Ridge Camp up in Ely, Minnesota. A number of you have been involved in that, and you know some of the phenomenal history there, the, the, the miracles that have happened that uh, have made that place available to Shamanah Ministries. Uh, last year, we did just over 500 campers at that uh, summer facility up there. Uh, just a beautiful, beautiful place. Uh, up near Ely, just one, one portage out of the Boundary Waters uh, Wilderness Canoe Area. So just a beautiful facility. And then Shamanah International. Uh, actually, a year ago, January of 06, we gave the governance of Shamanah International over to the Evangelical Free Church International Missions. Uh, it's, it's, uh, we're, we're still deeply involved in it, but uh, it's a ministry that just grew by leaps and bounds. And again, this church has been very involved in that. And you know some of the phenomenal things that have, uh, that have happened there. Uh, began in Austria a number of years ago. Had a group of students that wanted to do something uh, internationally. We, uh, we, we, we wrote the Free Church International Missions and said, is, is, there, is there a Free Church missionary? That, that is looking for some help in starting the camp, because we, we really believe that, that, that camping is just, just that effective of a ministry. That very same week, they got a letter back from the Free Church missionaries in Austria that said, uh, we're looking for someone to help us start a camp. Do you know of anyone? So that was the beginning of Shamanah International. In Austria today, there's a revival going on because of camps. When we began there, we had uh, 33 kids in the first camp, four believers. And those four believers got to see four of their friends come to Christ and began to get a vision that the youth in this post-post-Christian country could get excited about Jesus. And we've seen it happen uh, just uh, a few months ago here now. They had over 1,200 high school kids in a, in, 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 in a Christian rally. 
phenomenal. Uh, I saw in your bulletin that this church is sending a, a team to Poland. We do uh, English language camps in Poland as well. How many of you remember the 60s? You grew up. <clears throat> if, you, if, if you miss those days, go to Poland. It's, it's the 60s all over again. They threw off communism and everything else. And now they're at a point where they're beginning to think, boy, maybe there was some absolute truth. Maybe there are some boundaries. Maybe there are some uh, truths to live by. And in the camps, we get to deal with that all the time, helping kids think through. And, and if you uh, have a team going to Poland, perhaps you'll get a chance to do that. We uh, assist with camps in Trinidad. We assist with camps in Brazil. You've heard the phenomenal stories of China. Uh, Free Church Missionary uh, Northern China there. Uh, had his kids come to Shamanaw back when they were here in Minnesota and just caught a vision for what camps could do there. And we now, Shamanaw International, owns 100 and, uh, 250 acres in northern China. Just, I, you know, he, okay, here's my understatement for the century. China's really big. When I was there the first time, I had no idea it went that far north. Our camp is four kilometers south of the Siberian border there. It, it gets very, very cold up there. But now we have a beautiful facility there uh, that uh, is, is going uh, year-round. And uh, last summer, we had just over 500 campers there. This summer, it looks like we'll be having 750 Chinese kids in a Christian camp. It's phenomenal. And again, some of you remember the stories that I think I've shared before here about uh, being stuck in, in, in the grasslands of Inner Mongolia and tractors appearing from nowhere, pulling our buses out and, 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 and literally disappearing, fading away. Uh, last time I was there, uh, it was just over Easter, and uh, we were meeting with some of the government officials again, and, and, and uh, we tried to keep touch base with them, make sure that we're still on track with all the property and the things that we're doing, yet, yet you need to have the local, local uh, leaders' blessings there. And uh, we, we, we were meeting, and, and after all of our meetings together, you always have a big meal. Sit around a table, it's great. A big table, round table with a lazy Susan. The food just keeps trolling by and with your chopsticks you try to try to grab something there at the end of the meal uh, at least up in that part of china often you'll sing at the end of the meal they'll just look at someone and say ah herb you have song for us excuse me uh, you, you you have song you will sing and you stand up and sing and each person around the table will stand up and sing. And then, uh, then you'll give a toast. And, and uh, this, was, this was just over Easter. And, and I, I remember I, I was sitting here. Uh, the, the vice mayor of the community was sitting to my left. Our free church missionary there. Uh, uh, Dave Johnson from the Free Church International Office uh, there. And then our interpreter, Lee Gong, here. Lee Gong is a phenomenal interpreter. He's one of those guys that, that can sort of do it on the fly. You know, as this person, as this Chinese person is speaking, Li Gong does it at the same time. It's phenomenal. And, and, and this vice mayor stood up and, and said, first, I want to thank you for coming to China. And Li Gong at the same time, thank you for coming to China. Thank you for bringing this education to our children. Thank you for bringing this education to our children. We are looking so forward to all that you'll be doing. We are so looking so forward to all we're doing. And then the vice mayor says in English, please bring the gospel of peace to this part of China. And Li Gong says, please bring the gospel of peace. And we will, well, yeah, he, 
Is he learning? Oh, my goodness. What does he know about the gospel? We understood that we had given him a Bible a year ago. He'd been reading it. And, and, but, but what does he know? And what has happened in his life? And, and, and he's learning English. And, 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 and Lee Gong and, and, and our free church missionary there says, well, no, no, no. He said it in Chinese. And Lee said it in English. And Dave and I are going, no, we don't understand Chinese. He said it in English. And then this vice mayor realized there was some confusion around the table. And so he says again in English. Please bring the gospel of peace to this part of China. And Li Gong says, please bring the gospel. We know, we heard it four times now in English. And they said, no, he said it. And then it dawned on us. What was going on? That those of us in the room, Dave and I, who don't know Chinese at all, and this mayor who does not speak English, we heard it in English. And God's Spirit was there. And if you ever needed a confirmation as to what is going on in China, at least that part of China. You didn't need any more. God is doing amazing things throughout the world uh, in all these different places that Shamanos had an opportunity to be involved in. And, and, and most recently we're, we're uh, exploring and, 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 and uh, developing some opportunities in Liberia, Liberia, Africa. Uh, it's, on just the, uh, it, it's in Western Africa, just on the west coast of Africa there, near Sierra Leone and Ivory Coast on either side of it. Uh, a, 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 place, a place that has just experienced the most brutal civil war. The, 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 the stories that, that we've heard when we've been there, uh, just unbelievable, heart-wrenching stories of the violent, uh, the... the Government troops coming through and raping and pillaging and then rebel troops coming through and raping and pillaging and, 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 and killing with no rhyme or reason. I'm told that the last three years of the war was fought by 10, 11, and 12-year-olds with machine guns. Absolute, indiscriminate killing. They, um, they, they, they now have an elected president, uh, Ellen, Sirleaf, Ellen Johnson Sirleaf, a wonderful believer who is trying to put this country back together with the help of a vice president who is a wonderful believer and the help of the Speaker of the House, uh, the Honorable uh, Edwin Snow, a wonderful believer, trying to put this country back together. And we had a chance to go there. Uh, Monrovia, the the capital city of the country, 1.2 million people with no sewer, no electricity, no water, no garbage pickup. Incredible poverty. And yet, as we spoke to government officials and pastors and tribal elders out in the hinterlands, to a person they all said, what we need is a camp for our kids. One, to learn about Jesus, and two, to experience a week or two of peace. That's what's going on in, 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 in Shamanoi International. You know, and, and, and who would have thought, who would have thought that... 1958, when we moved up to there, to Motley, Minnesota, that, that God would have used a little place like that to do some of the impacting that's going on around the world. See, camping is, camping is effective. It works. Historically, camping is almost a uniquely evangelical American and former Soviet Union concept. Do you understand that? Isn't that phenomenal? Youth camping in the rest of the world, most of the rest of the world, is a new tool. 
The evangelical American and former Soviet Union, uh, historically, those are the groups that have used youth camping. And today, there are, a, there, there are over 200 uh, Christian youth camps in the former Soviet Union. 169 of them meet in former CYC camps, communist youth camps. Isn't that hysterical? Tell me our God is not a funny God. He allows a regime to come in and gather up some of the best property and create a great infrastructure. And when they finally get that in place, move them aside so that 169 Christian camps can move in. Christian camping is effective. And I believe it's going to be God's evangelism, primary evangelism tool for the next 50 to 70 years. My thoughts. Why, though? Why is camping so effective? Well, camping works because all of life happens in a week or two of camp. That's not true of any other ministry. I mean, look around. Look at you. This is the nicest you've looked all week. At camp, all of life happens. New friends are made, and old friends have arguments and then have reconciliations. New skills are learned. Really vague spiritual concepts become concrete at camp because I have a chance to practice them. Something that we learn about in the devotion in the morning, two hours later, might have an application. Victory over old sins are gained and, and, and self-confidence as well as humility are learned. So all of life happens at camp. Not just the fun and goofy stuff, but some of the tough stuff as well. You would, you would be shocked if I told you how many times a parent has come up to me on Sunday as they're dropping off a child and saying, Herb, this week we're getting divorced. And our child doesn't know that. We just thought it would be good if they were away at camp during all of this messiness. And on Friday, could you tell them that only mom or only dad will be picking them up? Tough stuff. You can imagine, because of the age group that we, work, that, that we work with, oftentimes grandparents will pass away while a child is at camp. And we as a camp get to surround that child and help them make sense of that. Sometimes even younger family members die. I, I, I remember a few years ago uh, watching the evening news and hearing about a toddler up in Duluth that had been killed as a garbage truck backed up and, and didn't see him. And then the phone ringing and having the parent of that child Say, Mr. Blomquist, um, uh, we've had a terrible tragedy. This is what's happened. And I'm going, I just saw that on the news. Our daughter is out on your island camp. Would you go pick her up and explain what's happened and we'll be there in a couple of hours? All of life, sometimes kids even get confronted with their own mortality. I, I remember uh, during one of our fall flings, one of our, 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 our fall youth retreats, I like to sort of stand at the door of the dining hall and open it up as kids are screaming in. I stand up on the bench because I'm... Have you ever noticed how tall high school kids are now? It's disgusting. So I stand up on the bench so I get to kind of see them eye to eye and hold, and, you know, get to hold the door open and get to greet a lot of kids as they come in. And there was a young, young man, a 17-year-old kid, sitting here on the bench next to me with incredible hair. I, I noticed things like that. I used to have hair. You remember? Grew up in the 70s. But he had great hair. And I, remember I commented to him, I said, man, you've got great hair. Looked up at me, uh, thanks. I said, no, I'm serious, this is so thick, it's like a beaver pelt. Can I touch it? You know, thinking maybe some osmosis or something. And he says, Herb, uh, 
Knock yourself out. Go ahead. Touched his hair. I said, ah, that is just so great. I'm so jealous. And then he said, yeah, the doctor said it would come in thicker after chemo. Lord, oh, man. Oh, 17-year-old kid. Cancer. Chemo means cancer. Okay, okay. You're a program director, Herb. You, you, you can handle this. And, 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 and I thought, okay, there, 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 there's lots of little cancers that a 17-year-old can get that just aren't that. I said, so tell me, what kind of cancer? And he says, Herb, it's uh, lung cancer. Lung cancer. That's an old guy's disease. And not a good one. And so I remember sitting down next to him and putting an arm around these incredibly broad shoulders and saying, so tell me, what's, what's the prognosis? And he said, well, the doctor said four, five, six months. What do you say? What do you do? Uh, I think it was a God thing. I, I, I said, well, that means that you're one of the lucky ones. I said, lucky? I said, think about it. There are 350 17-year-olds running around this place who all think they're going to live forever. You know better. You know better. you got five, six, seven, eight. Who knows? Maybe, maybe you'll have a long life. But you know that you've got a limited time to make an impact for Jesus. And that's an incredible gift. I said, yeah, I guess you're right. You see, all of life happens at camp. And, and, and we get to surround that and, 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 uh, and, and bring Jesus into every single one of those situations. And it's not, I mean, it's not always heavy stuff. You're right, it's usually goofy stuff. Many of you have been to camp, and some of you, well, none of you. I have had people that, in fact, have complained that we have too much fun. I did have a pastor once ask me to make chapel less fun, because when the kids come home, they expect church to be that way. Maybe it should. Camp is full of goofy stuff, and we get to celebrate it and, 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 and enjoy it. I remember a, a few years ago, I had a young man, I was, I was up in the front of the office, kind of for some reason, I was at the reception desk there, working away at something, and this young man came in, Kyle came in, and says, Herb, I want to know if my suitcase has shown up yet. Excuse me, your suit, it's, it's, it's Thursday. You, you've been here all week, and, and, and I'm thinking, okay, we, we're, we're a camp that's old enough now where we do have, you know, kids that fly in there. Mom and dad went there as kids, and now they've moved somewhere else, and they're sending them. I said, so I'm thinking, must have got lost in an airport or something like that. I said, no, your, your suitcase, so when did you lose it? You know, at the airport? He said, no, 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 I had it on Sunday when I arrived. It's Thursday. You've been without your suitcase since... Th- he said, well, yeah. I said, what have you been wearing? Well, he's in junior high. They, they don't change anyways. But. And I said, young man, you must find your suitcase. And, 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 and when you find it, I want you to wear every single item of clothing in a suitcase. So mom thinks that you actually actually wore stuff. And, 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 and I, I got one of my program directors from the back, Hannah. And I said, Hannah, this young man, Kyle here, has lost his suitcase. If you would take him and all of his friends and you find that suitcase. And they went from cabin to cabin looking for the suitcase. And lo and behold, in the cabin right next to his, it had been delivered to the wrong place. There it was, big red suitcase. I asked the council there, didn't you see this? And he said, well, yeah, but lots of the suitcases haven't been opened yet. And, 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 and <laughs> they, they, Hannah told me that, that they took the suitcase and they brought it out of the cabin. And Kyle says, Hannah, we need to do the suitcase dance of joy. 
And Hannah says, what's the suit? He says, I, I don't know, but let's make it up now. And he and all the other kids in his cabin with Hannah grabbed hands and danced around the suitcase and did the suitcase dance of joy. Came back to the office and made me learn the suitcase dance of joy. You know what? I submit to you that that is the most spiritual thing that could have been done. You see, the scriptures describe the kingdom of God as what? As a party. As a wedding feast. Okay, quick uh, cultural contextualization here. We're talking a Middle East three-day wedding feast. Lots of food, lots of singing, lots of dancing. Not a Scandinavian groom's dinner. Okay? The kingdom of God is like a party. See, that's why when we do it right, kids come back to camp because it looks like heaven. And it's fun and it's full of joy. Uh, you thought some of you closed your Bibles. Mark 15, verse 33. You wondered, where did he go? I think I can prove it. I think I can prove that the kingdom of God needs to look more like a party and less and less like an SAT test. Mark 15:33. It's it's perhaps a bizarre passage to look at now, but we're going to do it real quickly. Verse 33, at the sixth hour, darkness came over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthia, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Now, I have a confession to make. Uh, and, 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 and I realize in this audience I'm, I'm probably a younger believer than many of you. So, so forgive my confession, my, my confession, but I need to tell you that I don't like this passage. I don't like it. don't like it at all. I'm very, very uncomfortable with it. And, 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 and forgive my thinking, but... Part of what goes through my head that if, if God can turn his back on Jesus, isn't it possible that he could turn his back on me? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Now, I, I, I cherish the other phrases, the other words that Jesus shouts down from the cross. I cherish those. Uh, this church would probably know the seven last words of Christ, the cantata, Franz Joseph Haydn. Uh, you know, beautiful cantata. The soloist sings out these words of Jesus down from the cross. The choir backs, backs him or her up with just beautiful anthems. In Luke 23, you don't need to turn there now. We don't have time. But in Luke 23, you, well, you know the other things that Jesus shouts down from the cross. Father, forgive them. I love those words. Could any words be more precious than those to you? incredible words of compassion. Father, forgive the... No, in fact, Father, forgive Herb. Because he doesn't get it. Wow, I need to hear those words of compassion. In the same chapter in Luke, we hear Jesus turn to the thief at his side and say, Today you will be with me in paradise. What incredible words of hope. You know, young kids at camp don't think about heaven very much. The older I get, the more I do. And 
I so look forward to that day when we'll be with Him. What incredible words of hope. In John 19, we, with some of the words that Jesus shouts down from the cross, we get to see the incredible humanity of Jesus. As He looks down and He says to one of His disciples, to John, Behold your mother. Woman, behold your son. And then He turns to John and says, John, behold your mother. And what is He saying? He's saying, John... That's my mom. Would you take care of her for me? We get to see this incredible humanity as Jesus aches for his mom. And John, I won't be around. Would you please take care of her for me? Also in John, we, we, we hear, hear him shout down the words, I thirst. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not a doctor. Uh, uh, I, I'm, I'm an EMT. This is a little scary. If you're up at camp and you call 911, you get me. Because the ambulance is about a 35-minute drive away. So there's a few of us that come and kind of help take care of you. And I understand a few medical things, but I've, I've learned that actually in the crucifixion, it isn't the crucifixion that kills them. And in fact, in the incredible... Uh, 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 methodology and mechanics that the Romans figured out is a crucifixion keeps you alive so you can suffer. And in the crucifixion, you, all, the, all the joints come, all the bones come out of joint and, and, and fluid builds up around the heart and you die of dehydration and exhaustion and, and suffocation. And John records Jesus saying, I thirst, and we get a tiny glimpse into the incredible physical pain that was going on at the cross. And John, he also says, Jesus says, Under your, speaking to his Father in heaven, he says, under your hands I commend my spirit. Wow, do I need to hear those words, that incredible example of abandonment to God. God, whatever. It's in your hands. But the words, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I don't like. I understand it theologically. I understand the need for God to turn from sin. Jesus, who became sin on our behalf, and God, who cannot even look at sin, turned. I understand it theologically, but I don't like it. And it confuses me. And it angers me. And if it does that for me, can you imagine what it would be like for someone in that first century sitting in the dust at the foot of that cross? So confused. So, so distraught. And yet I've got to believe that there was some Jewish kid there who heard those words and began to think, wait a minute. Wait a minute, that sounds familiar. Wait, I've heard those words. Those aren't his words. Those aren't original. Wait a minute. It's a song. It's a song. Have you ever had that experience? Have you ever had that experience where, where you're trying to remember a song and you can't do it until someone gets you started? And once they give you the words, oh yeah, then you know the song and you can do it all. My Jesus, I think, is singing when he's hanging on a cross. In the Jewish hymnal, Hymn number 22. You've got it in your Bible. Psalm number 22. In fact, turn to it. And we are going to do this so quick. Psalm number 22. 
we read, uh, I, I, don't know, I don't know when the Bible writers stuck this in here. I, I had not seen this in the first 40 years of life. Psalm 22, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It's a song. Okay, maybe a little difficult song. Maybe the meter doesn't work really well. Not in the top ten of the Jewish hymnal, but it's there. It's a song. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? We don't have time to read it all, but jump down to verse 7 there. All who see me mock me. They hurl insults, shaking their heads. He trusts in the Lord. Let the Lord rescue him. Let him deliver him since he delights in him. Doesn't that describe what was going on at the cross? It's a song about a crucifixion. Verse 9, you brought me out of the womb. You made me trust in you even at my mother's breast. From birth I was cast upon you. Isn't that speaking about the incarnate Christ? Uh, Keep going. Verse 14, uh, I'm, I'm poured out like water. All my bones are out of joint. My heart has turned to wax. It has melted away within me and my strength is dried up like a potsherd. And my tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. Isn't that describing the crucifixion? All my bones are out of joint. My tongue, I'm thirsty. If there's any question at all, look at verse uh, 16. Dogs have surrounded me. A band of evil men have encircled me. They pierced my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones. People stare and gloat over me. Verse 18, they divide my garments among them and cast lots for my clothing. It's a song. It's a song about a future crucifixion of my Savior. And my Savior at the worst point in all of eternity is singing. He's singing. And you know what? It's a song of celebration. It's a song of victory. Look look at verse 27 um, of, of, of song number 22. All the ends of the earth will remember me and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations will bow down before him. What's the New Testament equivalent? At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that what? Jesus is Lord. Look at verse 31. They'll proclaim this righteousness to a people yet undone for... Okay, some of you are remembering. Wait a minute. We missed one of the phrases that Jesus shouts down from the cross, didn't we? There's one more. There's the last one. What is it? It's finished. It's done. Look at the last words to this song. They'll proclaim His righteousness to a people yet unborn, for it's done. It's finished. When I know that, what else can I do? When I understand that my Jesus has done it all, And it may not make sense right now, but it will. And my Jesus can absorb all of life that is going on for a kid. It's done. Stop worrying. Stop fighting. Stop striving. It's taken care of. It's finished. And it's all about what He's done. And when I know that, what else could I do but to dance and to sing and to celebrate? So that those old friends that are reconciled at camp, we celebrate. And those new friends that are made at camp, we celebrate. And that that, that spiritual insight that finally became concrete at camp, we celebrate. We party a lot. And it is the most spiritual thing we can do. 
I get to teach a kid that Jesus will wrap all of life under his wings and he understands the sorrow of a lost loved one. He won't leave you even if parents do. He'll walk with you every step of the way, even through cancer. What else can I do? When I know that, what else can I do but to dance? And I understand at times it might be a very slow and intimate dance, but it'll be a dance with my Savior, close, celebrating that He is there and that it's done, that He's taking care of it. That's what we teach at camp. That's why camp is so effective, and that's why on our best days we look like the kingdom of heaven. What are you teaching? When was the last time you danced? What would happen if a couple of you did? I'd have some young people that are very shocked. Mercy Me uh, did a song. Uh, it's a while ago now. Um, I Can Only Imagine. Is that the name of it? Yeah. A song about, I can only imagine that when I'm in heaven, when I'm in the presence of Jesus, I don't know what I'll do. Will, will, will I fall on my knees? Will I stand in silence? I know what I'm going to do. I'll tell you right now, I already know what I'm going to do. I'm going to laugh. I'm going to laugh that I get to stand there. I'm going to look around and see some of you and laugh too. What else can we do but to celebrate the presence of Jesus, and that He can absorb all that goes on in life. That's why camp works. That's why camp is working around the world. And that's why I need to get kids to camp where they can experience a Jesus who is part of all of life. Let's pray. Father God, thank You. That you are so much higher and so much wiser and so much greater than, than we are. And that even when things don't make sense, we can celebrate the fact that they do to you. And that you're all in control. Father, if there are some of us here this morning that need to let go and let you absorb all that's going on in our lives make that happen now, Jesus. We invite you to come and to help us to celebrate. Amen.